Hello, listener. Welcome on the Founders Club podcast. I'm your host, Giorgio Morochica. On this first episode, my guest is Kevin John. Kevin is a former German Polish management consultant, passionate about three things venture capital, China, and social media. Currently, Kevin is in charge of startup acceleration at Xnode here in Shanghai. Please enjoy this wide range conversation with his fellow hustler. Mate, thank you for taking this uh, interview. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's jump and dive deep into what you're doing here in China and how you came here in China. But before going there, uh, I'd like to give to you to give a more a bit of your background. So yeah. let's start from over there. Yeah. So um, I started my journey very traditionally in management consulting uh, at a strategy consulting firm in Germany, where I basically worked all over Europe uh, for a little bit more than three years, um, and. During that time, I got very interested, more and more interested in uh, startups, and so decided to start a funding accelerator during my time in consulting, which was a heavy burden, but uh, I had the weekends to uh, work on that. So that was a side hustle. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a good side hustle, yeah. And uh, what we did was we got uh, pre-seed startups in touch with angel investors and uh, you know very early stage uh, VC funds in Berlin um, and that brought me closer to the venture capital world so I got very interested in VC um, and had always had a strong interest for China due to multiple reasons um, and then looked for ways on how to you know connect China and Germany at the beginning so that was that was the vision in my head and um, then I was I think a little bit bold so I decided to quit everything in Germany um, told my partners I'm going to China and I want to try setting something up you know building like a bridge and uh, within one of the first days when I was in Shanghai I met up with uh, this guy who is the founder of Xnote um, where I'm um, right now yeah right and um, he told me hey man you know we're doing exactly that so we're building a bridge between China and not just Germany but basically the whole world um, and we would like you know we would love to have support and so I said yeah it's a nice challenge um, so what I do right now is working with startups helping Xnode uh, take their startup acceleration program to the next level and helping startups predominantly from Europe but also from different countries around the world get into China um, and then I'm also still engaged with my um, pre-seed um, venture in Berlin mm -hmm. so that's what I still do um, although of course on a, a minimized level um, and you know, through Skype and, uh, <laughs> right. and a nightly are phone you, call. Are you still in the consulting, doing currently, or that's uh, remains Consulting, that that's, uh, I quit consulting. So that's something I quit at the beginning of this year. 
Um, and uh, so that chapter for now is closed. However, uh, what I still do is uh, I have a, a YouTube channel and a couple of social media outlets where I give people that want to get into the consulting world, give them advice. Because it's a very, there's lots of information out there, but it's all official information by firms and by big companies. And there's no one kind of like a consulting influencer really right. speaking the truth and telling people how it really is. So that's what I do there. But it's, you know, it's a site project. How so did you start uh, the consulting uh, YouTube channel? And then obviously you were working in that industry, but also you had this idea, yeah. this insight. Let's give value to people who want to know more, more about this business. Was it after university finished? Or what is your also background education? How, how did that happen to you? Yeah, so uh, I have a very um, boring educational background. It's just <laughs> business administration. So I, I always envy people who are you know engineers or computer scientists because they actually learn some hard skills. hard stuff, you know. And uh, I always had the feeling like business administration is just you know lots of talking, um, lots of concepts that you somehow already knew about and then you just articulate it and give a name to you know return on investment for example but um, nevertheless so that's how I started um, and um, then I I always had the plan to get into entrepreneurship um, and that was always something that excited me and also during my university time I started things I started ventures but uh, after I finished university I didn't feel quite ready so I really just very, you could say, spontaneously thought about what could I do that kind of gives me like a, like a practical master's degree, you know? Because I did my bachelor's, I didn't feel ready yet, but I also didn't like the idea of doing now my master's because I was never the theoretical type. So, uh, very obviously, management consulting popped up on my list and uh, I applied to a couple of firms and I was very happy to you know, be able to go with one that really um, I, I targeted and liked a lot. Um, and that's how it began. And then for the, for the channel and for the, you know, the social media activity, I was always active on social media. So when I was, I think when I was 14, I started my first YouTube channel. Now, don't uh, that that number fourteen. I'm not sure it might be fifteen, right. might be some, but fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Started my first YouTube channel. Back then, YouTube was very small, mm -hmm. and I was actually quite successful. So back then, it was a you know it was a big thing when you became YouTube partner. Nowadays, <laughs> you have lots of people who earn money with YouTube, but back then, you really you know you had to apply, and there were not that many YouTube partners. So I became YouTube partner. Um, and that, that was the first time I got in touch with social media and I liked it. Then Interesting world, that one. Interesting to, yeah. if you know how to use it and you can uh, monetize and uh, provide value first, obviously, and then have uh, a way to monetize if you yeah. provide live content and good value for people who follow you. Yeah, I always, when I talk with, uh, you know, people who don't grasp the concept, so I have Many connections from you know the consulting world, for example, like senior partners who are 40, 50, 60, you know, accomplished businessmen, but they don't grasp the concept of social media reach. I, talk I think about it's like a generational uh, very much so wave yeah. that we caught, but they missed 
kind of because there was not social media at the time they were yeah, yes. our age you know yes. I think that's the way I, I see it yeah and I love to, I like to talk with them about reach equity so for me reach on social media is actually like an asset because you have these people that are getting value from you and you have multiple options on how to deal with this asset it's, it's really a, an asset that you own these kind of people these followers and that you can you know do amazing things with you can interact with them you can draw you know if you planning to start a startup you can test your MVP with them you can uh, reach out to them you can use them to promote stuff so you can tell them hey guys I have this new thing can you go out to your connections and kind of promote my new thing and then of course you can monetize it you know if right. you say I, I want I need the cash flow right now then you can start you know building valuable products for them and trying to sell them to them so it's, it's really an asset so uh, I want to go to the next question that it seems obvious but it may not be yeah. and uh, what for you abandoned everything in Germany all all the businesses that you started all the accelerators startups and so on and so forth why you decided to put aside everything you were starting in Germany and come here in China why China for you I don't like to be normal let's say it like that so I normality never, sucks <laughs> yeah right I, I don't know who, who said that but someone said normal sucks and I think it's very true you want to in life you want to build something that's unique and something that's perfect for yourself and uh, I have big visions big dreams for what I want to accomplish and what I want to build in my life and my philosophy is if you want to do awesome stuff and you want to increase the probability of that awesome stuff becoming reality you have to do everything you can to increase that probability by putting yourself into an environment into an external environment that gives you the highest chance of achieving that right. and for me I think that's China it's you know if I have this chance of 1% of succeeding with my ambitions in life and I would say it's probably 0.5% in Germany. Mm -hmm. It's maybe 0.7% in uh, America. And it's around 1% in China because China is just the most dynamic, mm -hmm. the craziest environment, the one with the fastest growth. So that's how I optimize my chance of succeeding. That's really the answer to why am I right now in China? Right. And then, of course, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I got in touch with China very early. Uh, my best friend was Chinese back in the days. Uh, so I learned about the culture very early. And then, you know, as I started getting more interested in business and um, in, um, yeah, in business, really, uh, I, of course, also like the economic prosperity and what's going on here in China. Right. I recently started a survey on my Instagram and I asked the people how ambitious you are rate your ambitiousness and I had like below average I'm average I'm super ambitious and I'm freaking hyper <laughs> mega ambitious hell yeah and, and then uh, of course my target group are ambitious people so many said they are ambitious or super ambitious or hyper ambitious but I don't think that's true for uh, the whole majority of the people in our age so 
usually the people I talk to, they are not that ambitious. You know, they they actually they are okay with that life of you know nine to five. Yeah, and a nice, exactly. nice job, nice car, have a beautiful wife or husband and some kids and that's it, you know, they don't want to leave a mark and that's totally fine. Of course but it is. If you if you want to leave a mark, like us too obviously, yeah. then you need to optimize the external environment. And you also have to ask yourself how much you're going to, uh, to sacrifice for that. Because it's com it comes with Very a lot true. of sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, and you have to put yourself in a position where you sacrifice your time, your friends, your family. And many people, it's counterintuitive, and they say they want to, but they don't actually do it. Because yeah. it's hard to do it. Uh, so you've been here already, you have some experience. What do you think like, are the skills that people should uh, develop? Like People like us who finished universities, yeah. guys like 25 in your case, 27 in my case, finished university, and they're like, more, more of my friends are clueless, like what I want to do, I don't know. What skills should I develop, I don't know. So based on your experience, what, are, what were the skills that you developed or you think people at our age should develop yeah. to succeed and, uh, and maximize and realize their ambitions? Yeah, so um, I would say for me it was a couple of skills. The first one, and I would call that a skill, is goal orientation. So I very early in my life I knew what I wanted to achieve I didn't really know you know I want to be uh, like the head of this department or I want to do venture capital here and there but I knew I kind of I had a vision for my life if that makes sense so um, that is a very raw thing but that's an ability you need to develop at some point in your life because otherwise you will just stumble left and right and not have a clear path right. but if you have that vision and that goal orientation then you you know you're able to go in a more linear way to where you want to go so um, that's one thing that's of course very hard to develop but it starts with you just maybe taking a weekend sitting down having a cup of tea and just thinking envisioning where do you want to be like or when you're 40 and you look back on your life you're 50 and you look back what what do you want to have achieved what how should your life have looked like looking back you know uh, so that's one thing um, the next thing and that's something I certainly learned through consulting that's why I say consulting is a good way to start it's not the only one there's so many different ways on how to you know get where you want to be uh, for me consulting was a nice thing because I learned structure I would say that's the second thing I really like it's um, yes you have chaotic geniuses but you also have uh, a lot of the people I talk to who I uh, aspire to you know be like at least in some parts they are extremely structured so they uh, they break problems into their components and then attack each of those components separately mm -hmm. and they don't just you know go uh, like a, you know, a crazy person uh, without any uh, structure and uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's that's the second thing I I would think. And the third thing, and that's something I'm uh, still like I'm good at, but I still want to improve. And there's <laughs> I think unlimited improvement potential. It's sales actually. So that's right. Close the deal. Yes, um, 
uh, closing a deal, it's, uh, it's so important. And um, people always think about, you know, when they uh, talk about what they want to do after university, uh, you know, banking, consulting, startup. But too few people think about sales jobs, actually. A very boring or very standard sales job, you know, that is maybe not that prestigious, might be the best thing you could do after university. Because sales, you need it everywhere. And the higher you climb in the corporate or the startup or whatever ladder, the more it is sales. So all the partners at the uh, <coughs> management consulting firms, all the managing directors at Goldman Sachs, etc., all the big founders you read about in newspapers, they are brilliant sales guys. They know how to sell. Yeah, they know how to sell themselves. Themselves and the product. And the product they, yeah. uh, they build or they right. want to push on the market. That's so true. So, another question. What is the counterintuitive thing that you've learned here in China so far based on your experience or doing business here in China? What I, uh, one thing that I realized just right now already is that um, you, I would say, you have a better than some people think chance of um, doing business in China with, um, let's say, zero Chinese than you think if you really give it all. If you have a great network and you know some people in China already, you might be able to find your niche where you fit in right. without knowing Chinese. Right. But it's important to know that it's, you know, you really need a good network and you really are limited to that niche. So for me, I'm able to, you know, survive in China <laughs> without Chinese right now because I, I am in that unique niche that is basically my job is getting non-China in touch with China. So I can actually leverage that. Uh, I can say, you know, I'm a European and I'm able to provide value because I know European startups and I have experience in the Berlin startup environment. But um, that's a very small niche, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it is possible if you, if you find that niche. Otherwise, you know, you better learn Chinese. It <laughs> makes things so much freaking easier. It's crazy. Right. And you've been to, lately, to two cities, Hong Kong and Shenzhen. Yeah. What was the experience in, to comparing to Shanghai? It was very, it was very funny. I had been to Hong Kong a couple of times already. And when I, now that I, uh, kind of already stayed in Shanghai and uh, was here for some time and now went to Hong Kong. It was like, it was actually two things that stood out to me. The first thing was how much easier many things are because everybody knows that Hong Kong is more international than, uh, or more westernized, let's say, more westernized than Shanghai. And I got so used to, you know, Shanghai and some things that are just, difficult for me as someone that kind of always has to look for workarounds because I don't speak perfect Chinese. So right. in the Western, in Hong Kong, it was easier for me. That was the first thing I was 
struck by, oh, damn, you know, all the things that are so difficult in Shanghai. And for me, they're just normal because I have it every day, but Hong Kong, pretty easy. But then also how, how much more developed Shanghai is right now um, compared to Hong Kong. Back in the days when I was in Hong Kong like five years ago, uh, the difference between Hong Kong and Shanghai, at least from the outside, for me as someone right. who came there as an outsider, was not that big in terms of technological development. So, you know, just for example, the, the payment thing, you know, uh, still so, I mean, such a big difference. Here, everybody pays with WeChat or right. Alipay, right? And in Hong Kong, it was, uh, it felt like, oh, I'm back in Germany, you know, where everybody pays with cash, cash. or with credit card, you know? Right. Which is good for foreigners good. coming in yeah. because it's easier, but uh, it's uh, it also shows the difference in technological advancement. Yeah, it's even more wider this difference when you go back in Europe. Of course. And when I was in Italy a few months ago, I was like, oh damn, I have to take my wallet and start to pay yeah, cash yeah, again. Yeah. And like, it's go, it's like almost going back on in time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it puzzled me to be honest. It puzzled me because I'm already two years here and I see. Like how fast China is going and how slow Europe is following yeah. up. And puzzles and concerns me at the same time, you know? Yeah. What is the book that lately you advise to your friends to read most? Most of your friends? Yeah. Um, it's one book um, by Hermann Hesse called Zidata. Zidata. <laughs> yes, Zidata. Um, I, I actually, I don't know whether in English it's also Zidata, but I think yes. Um, and it's a book about a very poor guy coming from a poor environment, um, growing up and one day deciding to, um, you know, to go and explore the world and to find himself. It's really a story about a young guy who has ambitions and who then you know meets a beautiful woman in the desert and then leaves her because he has bigger ambitions and then uh, hangs out with different types of um, you know um, cultural uh, or let's say different types of people who teach him different types of things he gets into meditation a lot so there's also a strong meditation scheme throughout the book i would say um, it's a book where Do you meditate? Yes, okay. I meditate, uh, and it's a book where I see many parallels with myself. But I also think that many, many people who read the book will see, you know, see parallels with themselves too. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fiction book, um, but one that you learn from so much more than from any, you know, non-fiction book or. Uh, self-help, how-to book, it's crazy. Yeah. It reminds me of another book, which is uh, from pa pa Paolo Coelho, mm. The Alchemist, I think I it's guess. called. Yeah, yeah. It sounds, the narrative sounds pretty similar, the story. It's a great book, The Alchemist, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I also read it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's easily, it's, um, um, I like Siddhartha a little bit more, but uh, you're very, um, true when you say that it's similar and there's uh, some things that also reminded me Overlap. of uh, yes okay very much so last question yeah. if you had to compete with yourself what would you do differently or what would you do if there were another Kevin outside there you mean when I um, like 
on a personal level yeah. or on a business level. Okay, so uh, how then what would I change? How would I? What would you? What would you? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, I would um, to be that competitor. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I would focus on uh, in terms of development. I would focus on sales earlier, so I would try to be better than my, you know, than when I was my own competitor. I would try to have learned about sales much earlier and be better at that be better at selling um, and um, really getting into uh, the art of selling uh, much earlier and in a very very more let's say more structured way because um, I kind of got into it naturally and I'm an extrovert person so I don't have problems with you know selling or talking to people and selling stuff it's nothing that, that is scary to me or something but I never really read lots of literature about it and mm -hmm. never really attended any courses and you don't learn about it in university. So that was something that then, you know, a couple of years ago I started getting into and uh, I realized how freaking helpful it is, especially in the environment of entrepreneurship. Yeah, for me to give my two cents is like a mix of uh, theoretical, mm -hmm. which is like books, videos you can watch and so on and so forth. Yeah. So learn how theoretically you could do it. And the other side is that I actually do the cell. Mm, Try to yeah. emotionally learn from that. It's even way more powerful. Yeah. If you can combine those two elements together, then you actually have a very steep learning curve in how to actually do cells. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's with many things in life, right? It's exactly. the theory and the practice and getting those two together. Yeah. Many people just stop at doing one. Like Most majority are just still reading a book and now they're like, Okay, now I know how to do sales. Yeah, yeah. But actually, when you have to make the phone call and talk with that customer, it's like, ah, I'm not ready for that. You know, I have that sentiment, like kind of like awkwardness. You know how to deal with it. And that's where, it. that's where you know, just as a last thing, that's where having a vision is so important because the drive you develop from that strong vision, you know, where you want to be in ten years, that drive that you develop. That's going to be the thing that pushes you from just theoretically, you know, reading about the stuff to actually doing. Because you will have that dream, have that goal, that vision in mind, that drive, and then you're going to say, "Okay, man, I read all that stuff, and I'll screw it. Let's just do it." Okay, since you mentioned you begged the question, where do you see yourself in ten years then? Ah, uh, it's a, a hard um, one. <laughs> no, it's it's not a hard one. Um, it's uh, something that can be answered in so many dimensions you know because I can talk about where I want to be in terms of um, uh, you know prestige uh, I can talk about where I want to be in terms of my connections in terms of uh, money um, I think all in all like the underlying um, let's say the underlying narrative would be that I want to be have found my own unique way um, mm -hmm. and want to um, be on a good way to leaving a, a mark, as you called it, or a legacy, uh, as I would call it. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to mean that in 10 years I'm already there. It's, it would be nice, but it's highly unlikely. <laughs> but um, I want to be on a good way. Uh, to getting there.
and that's uh, that's where I would see myself in ten years. And then, of course, I want to be happy, want to right. uh, you know have um, a, a good social environment, and want not to be like a psychopath who's just uh, pursuing his old uh, career ambitions. That would be nice too. Right. <laughs> okay, Kevin, where can people find you on social media, and how they can reach to you? Yeah, so. Uh, Almost everywhere I'm called the Kevin John, so T H E Kevin John J O M. So if you type Kevin John in YouTube, you will find my YouTube channel, Management Consulting Insights, it's called, if you're interested in consulting topics. Otherwise, on Instagram and uh, you know Facebook or my website, etc., I talk about you know very general things. Also on LinkedIn, I'm more active I would say in the venture capital area because that's m more aligned with what I do right now so uh, feel free to send me a request on LinkedIn too. Awesome, thank you very much for the Thanks video. man. Thank you man. <laughs>